Hello everyone. The voice that you're hearing is Lily May, creator of the Glambitious brand. I'm excited to do, do this unique video podcast uh, with one of my really, really great clients. She has such a powerful story. So the beautiful face that you're seeing is Miss Nikki Payne. Nikki, if you would introduce yourself and tell everyone just a little bit about who you are. Oh, sure. My name is Nikki Payne. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I'm a licensed esthetician. I own a business. It's called Vein Bodies. Um, it's in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been open for about three years. And that's about all about me. <laughs> so, you know, with October being Domestic Violence Awareness Month, what made you want to, like, you know, speak up on platforms about, like, this month and, and the cause of it all? Uh, well, one reason is... Um, in my business, people who just found out about me or just met me, people always look at me and they say, she's successful, she's happy, she has everything. But what they don't know is that it took me a while to get here. So um, to a, a really quick, a short, long story is um, in 2007, I was married. I had a great husband. He didn't beat me. We didn't have financial problems, anything like that. Um, I had two children. I had a son. He was seven years old. I had a daughter. She was two. My daughter was my husband's child, but my son wasn't. Well, one day, um, August 20th, 2007, my husband came home and he just wasn't acting like himself. Um, he was talking to himself. He was rambling. Um, he had a weapon. He had a gun, but I was used to um, him having the gun because he worked for himself. I just wasn't used to him having it out in front of the children. And long story short, um, my husband, who was a great man, he did a very bad thing. Um, at the end of that day, um, my seven-year-old son, um, he shot him in the head and he killed him. My two-year-old daughter, he shot her in the head and he killed him, her. Um, he tried to kill me, but the gun jammed and I made it out the house and he killed himself. So one reason that, especially in October, um, the, the reason why I like to talk about domestic violence is because people always assume that domestic violence is when a person hits you. Um, sometimes it's the actions that they do that ends up affecting you. Um, there's also domestic violence. Um, one thing about my case that, or my story that's different is that my husband had a mental condition that we didn't know about. Um, after he passed away, they did an autopsy. He had no drugs in his system, um, no domestic violence, um, disputes or anything on where he'd been arrested. Um, it came down to, he was suffering from maybe bipolarism. And so for me, mental health or a person not getting mental health, it destroyed my entire family. It destroyed me. Um, and so that's why when people look at me and they say, oh, you're doing so good. It, 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 it was a long process and it's nothing that I will forget. And I don't want other people to forget it. So I talk about it all year, but especially in October because, um, 
It's just something that's very dear to my heart. I'm sorry. I'm not going to cry on you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's such a powerful story. And I just admire you for having the willingness and the strength to, to tell that story so that it might save someone else. Like, I just got chills. <laughs> it's amazing to me that you have like so much courage and so much willingness to at your own discomfort and pain share this story over and over in hopes that it'll help someone like that is so powerful and i'm just you know glad that you're here with us and that you have the strength to you know carry that burden for other women um and so you mentioned you know the mental health piece um what would you you know say are maybe clues that women should kind of look out for to let them know maybe earlier on that there's the potential for, you know, different forms of domestic violence. Um, what would you say about that? Well, one thing about me is when I was growing up, nobody talked about mental health. So the warning signs that I know now, I didn't know before because, you know, people in my family would say, oh, that person's a little touched or something like that, but we never discussed it. So, so warning signs that I now know that I missed is my husband was kind of, um, he's kind of secretive. So, um, he told me that he had a rough childhood that, um, he grew up kind of poor. So when we would go to his hometown, I, I never really interacted with his family. I just assumed that maybe he was ashamed of his family. Um, but what I later found out is that his family, they had a, a history of mental illness. So maybe it wasn't that he was ashamed that they were poor, poor. Maybe he was he didn't want me to find out that part about him. Even when I asked questions, um, I never really got a clear answer. And for me now, that would be a warning sign. Uh, my husband would get upset, not at me, like he wouldn't hit the wall or something, but Sometimes things that like he would get mad about things that I would brush off, but he would get really, really mad. For me, I said, well, maybe he's just passionate, you know, but now I know that extreme highs and lows could be um, maybe a mental health issue. Um, other flags. Well, well, well let me say this because nobody really asks me this question. Um, with all the signs that I, I saw, Sometimes I had a gut feeling that something wasn't right. And sometimes I would ask people, like I would ask my mom and I would ask my aunts and I would ask my sister. I'm like, you know, this isn't feeling right to me. But the and my family, they're not bad people, but I was asking advice from people who are in the same situation that I was. So my husband was just like my stepfather in a way. My husband was just like my uncle. My husband was just like my brother-in-law. So maybe if I had reached outside of my circle, so maybe if I had um, glambitious um, on the clubhouse, maybe I could have asked these questions and I could have gotten opinions from other people and maybe I would have identified it. So I don't want to say it's so much of a red flag, but if I, I do believe that if you feel, if you have a good feeling about something, um, that go out and maybe research and, and not just ask the people who are around you because maybe they can't, I know this sounds crazy, but they can't see the, the, they can't see the whole picture cause they're in it. 
And so that's just something that I want other people um, to maybe do. Yes, I think that is great advice um, to seek, you know, community and support and, and that type of thing outside of your immediate circle. And that advice can be, you know, um, across the board, across so many different things, you know, um, really having a network outside of your immediate circle, your immediate family and friends so that you can get a fresh perspective. And so, you know, one of those means of outside support for me is having a therapist, because I, for me personally, I feel like having a therapist, it allows me to you know, process things and ask questions and get like a fair response that's not based on what you know of my life and my experience, but it's just a, a fair response from a person that doesn't know me, but you know, they're clinically uh, studied to be able to help you figure out things and identify things. So mm -hmm. I know on your own journey after such a traumatic event that you had to rebuild your own mental health. Um, so can you share like some of the ways that you would encourage people that may have had a very, very low, low to build themselves back up and, and, and maintain positive mental health? Well, my experience is probably not like everybody else's. So one thing that really, really helped me is finding people that would hold me accountable for my actions. And it seems like when you're going through like, um, like an episode or I'm depressed or something, um, that it would be like, you know, let the person rest, you know, let the person get their thoughts together and just let them lay. But for me, it was opposite. For me, I needed somebody to push me and say, hey, you, you can't lay here all day. Um, you have to do something with your life. Listen, if you're going to lay here, you need to go to a therapist. So some people were 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 just like, oh, she, she you know, she can be comfortable the rest of her life just laying on this sofa. And then some people was like, listen, black people do go to therapists. Okay. So you need to get off, you need to get off this sofa and do something with yourself. You need to get a, a job. You need to volunteer. You need to do something. And so um I just believe that, you know, when 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 you're having these episodes of depression or something like that, I do believe that you can, you know, lay down for a while, but eventually you have to get yourself back up. You know how people are AA or um, and somebody calls them and checks on them. Sometimes you need that person to, hey, if you don't hear from me in a day, call just to check on me. Somebody to pop up from you. Um, one thing I had to give my friend a key like, hey, if you don't hear from me, I need you to pop up on me just to make sure that I'm OK. And so uh, I hope I answered your question. No, you did. I think it's so good to be proactive and, and identify what you need and have people to fulfill those needs. You know, sometimes we do have people around us to support us, but we got to tell them how to support us and tell them how to be there for us because they sometimes just don't know. So I love that you said, hey, here's a key check on me. And that especially as single women going through low lows, we need to charge people with that. Like give them a key and tell them, hey, check on me. You know, um, just even as a single woman during right. the pandemic, during the craziest time in history. So I think that's great, great advice. And so I know, um, you know, eventually you started, you know, um, volunteering at shelters with other women and you started speaking more about what you went through and how you overcame it, you know, as a motivational speaker and people started calling you the comeback queen. So can you share, you know, a little bit about how did you get to that point? You know what? <laughs> I am, I have been the underdog a lot of times. 
And I think people root for me and they call me the comeback queen because life has shown me that, well, first of all, I only got one life and I want to make the most of it. So I have gotten to where I'm not afraid to try different things. I'm not afraid to tell people that I love them. I'm not afraid to try that adventure. I'm not afraid to step out on faith. You know, it's taught me a lot about stepping out on faith because I know that the day that my kids passed, that could have been my last day. And I want on my last day to say, I've done everything that I could, that God led me. I'm sorry. I don't want to get into it. Can I say, I don't know. Can we talk about religion for a second? Absolutely. Okay. So it's, it's, to me, it's like, God didn't take me through all of this for nothing. Maybe, okay, I'm saying tip a little bit. Maybe, maybe my kid's death wasn't what people were supposed to see. People were supposed to see that things can be taken away from you. And if you believe, and if you trust God, that you still can make it. So when people say you came back, my story isn't that my kids passed away. My story is not my husband. My story is that I get up every day. And sometimes the hardest thing for me to do is put my feet on the floor, but I do it because I have faith. I have faith that all of this is for nothing. And sometimes I have to be the voice for other people. People always ask me, what do you what do you see yourself at? And I always say from one to 10, I'm a seven. Right now, I feel like I'm a strong eight. Maybe the comeback queen is showing somebody that's at a two that, hey, I can get to an eight. You know, Nikki's kids passed in 2007. It's 2021 and she's an eight. If it's taking her that long to get to an eight, I'm just on year two. So it's okay if I'm at a three and it's okay if I'm at a four because I got something to look forward to. I know that I can make it to that eight because Nikki's getting up every day and she's working every day and she's talking every day and she's showing me that that eight is possible. So that's what comeback queen means to me. It doesn't even mean that I made it. It means that I'm making it, if that makes sense. That's why I ain't wearing no lashes. (laughs) No, it definitely makes sense. And I'm so glad that you brought in the faith part. That is a part of everything that I do. So Glambitious is definitely the platform that helps people, you know, anchor spiritually as well as in their business. So I'm so glad that you you talked about the faith part because I've learned that faith is a journey. You know, it's not like a place that you arrive to. It's a journey. Your spiritual walk is a journey and every day you're growing. And so, you know, I mean, you say you're eight, but you're a 10. And to a lot of other people so we we speak in that 10 that that's what you are doing and i think it's wonderful that you're just you know doing so well in spite of you know the the different things that you had to overcome and so you know one of the the things that you've been able to do really well at is build like a beauty business and wholesale program so tell us about what inspired you to you know pursue that well, really, I started because I was broke. That's just the bottom line. Okay, my house was getting foreclosed on. I had pawned my car title. I have no money. 
um, I saw a, a facial commercial on TV and I said, well, if I go to school, um, I can get the ovaries check and I can save my house. Right. So I go up to the school. I signed up for it. I find out there's an ovaries check, but I got to stay there in school for a while. So I end up. OK, I'm going back to God. Let me show you how God worked. I was broke. I looked at TV. Um, I Googled the first school, the first facial school, and I got there. Hated the school. But there was one thing at the school that kept us in the room by ourselves, and that was machines. And those were machines that, that work on people's body. So because I hated the school, I said, I'm going to learn every machine in the school so I can stay in a room by myself. Ended up mastering all of the equipment. And that one thing that I hated is now my business. You know, I could have looked at the TV and I could have looked at people changing oil and then I could have been changing oil. But that one thing, that one commercial led me to the thing that's not only making me money, but also touching people's lives. And I'm not talking about just um, like. Um, so in my in my business, um, I can get rid of fat. I can make people's waist small. I can make your butt look bigger and things like that. But what I'm finding is while I initially started like I'm going to work on the physical, I'm realizing that, hey, when I change people's body, it's it's not just changing the physical. It's changing them emotionally, like mentally. Like it, it's it's a, a it's when people feel good about themselves, their self-esteem goes up. You know, um, people come to me and sometimes I feel like I'm a therapist because they'll just talk to me and they get everything out. And I'm a stranger. So when they talk to a stranger and then I give them my opinion about something to them, it's therapy. So I, I ended up maybe I'm not a speaker like on a big stage, but I get to speak to somebody and touch somebody like every day that I touch somebody. Now, during the pandemic, when I wasn't able to touch people physically, I would sell them products. So I still would be allow people or people would be able to help themselves at home. But what I found out is that I'm doing better than everybody else in my profession because I had all of this equipment, like all the things that I was doing on people's body. I had this equipment to sell. And so I was thinking, OK, Nikki, well, how can you help other people? How can you help bless other people? Because you've been so blessed. How can you help yourself and help other people? And I said, well, you know, I can wholesale some of the products to um, other entrepreneurs so that they're able to make money. And so, so far, you know, it has been great so far. I don't have any complaints. I think that is I think that um, as the year goes on, it's going to catch on more because people will start understanding what I'm saying about. Um, I always preach that. Uh, multiple streams of income and they shouldn't all be service based because with the with the way the world is going now, you know, we can't always say that we're going to be able to go into the office when. Um, well, let me say it like this. What I do and what some entrepreneurs that follow me do, some people will look at that as optional. So when the weather changes, uh, what's going on with COVID and the mandates, they may not make the money from service from people coming in, but they'll still have a way to make money um, by shipping out products and things like that. Yes, yes. I love it. You know, entrepreneurship is my bag. So I love 
to see like the innovation um, that you've been able to do with your business and the way that you've been able to pivot is so important, you know, in business and in life that you're able to pivot when the unexpected happens. And nothing taught us more than that, for sure, um, than COVID. It, it made us all have to pivot and relook at, you know, how we're, you know, um, surviving and thriving as entrepreneurs. So I love the way that you've been able to pivot. Um, so in closing, you know, if there were any closing thoughts you wanted to share, you know, um, with the viewers or the listeners who are hearing this on iTunes, any closing thoughts you want to share with them about who you are or, or uh, the significance of this month, just any closing thoughts at all. Okay. Um, closing thoughts. Don't feel sorry for me because I don't feel sorry for myself. Um, the biggest thing that I want you to take from my story and from this month in memory of my children is you can fall down seven times, but you get up eight. And and that's, that's about it. That about sums up everything things are going to happen and we can't avoid them sometimes we don't even cause them but as long as you get up the devil's not going to win so yeah hey, hey man i love that yes i'm gonna start calling you minister pain in a minute <laughs> let everybody know you know your website social media and so forth sure um instagram uh, Instagram, I have two Instagram pages. One is at Nikki's Pain, N-I-K-K-I-S underscore P-A-Y-N-E. The other one is at Vain Bodies underscore by Nikki. And my website um, is www.vainbodies.com. All right. Well, thank you so much uh, mm -hmm. for being willing to hop on with me and, you know, discuss the significance of this month and discuss your story. I am certain that, you know, it's really going to inspire people and empower people and help people. And I'm just, you know, excited for what's to come for you. I think like you just have such a big heart and such a pure spirit. And I think that God blesses people who have that, that real pure spirit like that. God blesses people. Like he gives you double for your trouble. So I know that amazing things are ahead for you, um, Nikki. I, I, I feel chills just talking to you for sure. And I know that <laughs> some amazing things are ahead. Um, again, if you're you know listening to this or you're watching this, please be sure to follow Nikki. She is a motivational speaker. So if you have a virtual event coming up. You know, she can speak about business. She can speak about the beauty industry. She can speak about life challenges, finding a purpose. Like I think she is a dynamic person to add to any platform. So I compel everyone that's listening <laughs> to blow her DMs up and have her speaking <laughs> at your next event. And if you're new to my platform, definitely follow Glambitious IAM on Instagram and visit theglamceo.com just to learn a bit more about the Glambitious platform, which was created to help women thrive in their finances and also stay anchored in their faith. So again, thank you for tuning in to the Glambitious podcast.